Hey, it's the height of hypocrisy for us to have any member who has a need not met. A need not met. That's a travesty. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we're actually going to be wrapping up this lengthy series called Seven Reasons Why God Gave Us Money. You know, it's been a fascinating look at these reasons. We've really covered six of them. Today, we're going to get into the seventh, and we're going to focus a little bit on Thanksgiving. Because when we take a look at all that God has entrusted to us, and when we can really be grateful for what He has given, I think one of the natural outcomes or fruits of that is that we then have a desire to give back in some way. When we recognize what we're owed by God, which is nothing, and we look at what He has given us, and when we are owed nothing and we look at all that we have, we're given so much then we naturally ought to want to be giving back in some way. And as Pastor Ford just said, as we look around the body of Christ, as we look at our brothers and sisters in the faith and we see needs, well, then that's one of the ways that we can give thanks to God. We can give back is by helping to meet those needs. Now, notice the word was needs, not necessarily wants, nothing wrong with meeting some of those wants too, but the body ought to be meeting needs the needs of fellow brothers and sisters. And as we do that, then they are praising God and giving thanks as well. Well, that's a part of what we're going to be looking at in today's broadcast. Uh, We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 3, looking uh, really at verses 9 and 10 today. So if you can, I hope you'll grab a Bible and join us there as we continue Seven Reasons Why God Gave Us Money. Here is Pastor Ford. So we've been talking about seven purposes for money. Let's do a quick review, real quick. Drop them, not push them. Reason number one, what's the first reason God gave us money? Spiritual worship. So we looked at Proverbs chapter three, verses nine and 10. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of thy substance and thy increase, and so shall thy barns be running over. And so we said then, uh, what? That Kabod is a worship word that is linked to worth, that is linked to wealth. Kabod. Say kabod. Kabod. It's a worship word that is intricately tied to and linked to worth, which is intricately tied to wealth. So then that passage teaches us with others, if you say you want to worship God, you need to understand his worth. So there must be a comprehension of God's worth. That's what worship is primarily all about. Comes from the word from which we get the word appraisal when you appraise a house. What's the house worth? What is God worth? And so once we say we're going to worship We worship according to our comprehension about God's worth. Then, based on our understanding of his worth, we convey to God our wealth. Now, remember we said we can't give God all he's worth. We give God all we're worth. So then, say it with me, what we say all the time, what's in my hand is a reflection of what's in my heart. 
And we saw then that it is so shall your bonds be running over, which show us result and not reason. I hope you remember some of this stuff, not reason. Why? Because reason gives us motivation. So then we just be like everybody on TV. Give to God so you can get something. But it's so, which is result, which speaks about manifestation rather than motivation. Manifestation, what do you mean? So, in other words, it's a result. You don't do it expecting anything. You do it because you want to honor the Lord. But you can't kabod the Lord without the Lord doing something in return. That's just what it says. Okay, so it's not something that I'm looking for. Uh, it is something that I know God is going to do. Secondly, to support our families. So when God put Adam and Eve on the face of the earth, he gave them chapter one, his image. They're made in the imagio Dei, the image of God. They have personality, intellect, emotion, will, free moral agency. So now they are both like God. Then in chapter two, he gives them respiration. Now he fills Adam with who he is. So what was in God is now in Adam. Then he gives them resources, et cetera, et cetera. Then he says, I'm going to give you a residence. And then he gives him responsibility. I'm giving you a garden, till it, keep it. Here's the provision, everything you need. Then he gives him a partner. So then the man that does not take care of his own family is worse than an infidel. First Timothy chapter 5, 8, uh, that verse infidel, what's an infidel? Not just somebody who does not believe, but a fool who rebels against God. Psalm 14.1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, or Proverbs 14.1. Then third reason, to supply God's program. So we looked at what God did. I'm going to give you reparations coming out of Egypt. So in one day, one day, they went from poverty to prosperity because all the gold and silver was given to them by the Egyptians as payment for 400 years of slavery. They got their 40 acres and a mule. And so what happens? They do two things. They first misuse the money. What do they do? Holler it out. They build a golden calf. The money was given to them by God. He's the source. The Egyptians were the agent. And what did they do? Bought a bigger car, a bigger house, a bigger flat screen concave, uh, $6,000 TV. And God said, I didn't give it to you for that. Now bring it to me and build me a tabernacle. That's what God said. Build a house. Amen. Somebody asked me, I got to tell you this. Somebody said, Pastor Ford, because they heard about the preacher on TV who's asking his congregation for $64 million. And they said, Pastor, would you ask us for $64 million? Of course not. What would I do with $64 million? I jam. <laughs> I jam. We have a credit union. When we brother Ben, we have a credit union where you could come and borrow for housing, for cars. We start some kind of job, I mean, where we employ people. Man, don't get me started. God can trust me with money. Amen. And so to supply his program. Number four, we saw to share with those in need. And again, I just reiterate, hey, it's the height of hypocrisy. Listen to me now. For us to have any member who has a need not met. A need, basic needs, 
not met. That's a travesty. You don't have a pair of clothes, and I got two. If we the same size, you ought to have one. Amen. Then we saw it's a symbol of our commitment. Matthew 6.21, Matthew 6.24, that God said, okay, I want you to give me a tangible symbol of your committed to me. You can't serve God and money. So here's what I want you to do. Give me the money, show me the money, because every time you give to me, you're saying to me, you're more important master than this money. Okay, so this number six It's a sign of God's blessing. Now, here's where we at Christ Bible Church get in trouble. Because as soon as we hear this, we shut it down, we shut it out, we don't want to hear it. We are so opposed to the prosperity gospel that we throw prosperity out of the Bible. Don't shout me down. Did the same thing with the Holy Ghost. Some people went, went overboard with it, and now we don't let him move at all. If, if the service, you know, don't let the service go that, you know. And me and Sister Kim talk about it all the time. Hey, we got to catch the flow of the Spirit in the service. And so we may have to skip the next thing if he's showing up and showing off. It is the same way. I say, why is it? I say it all the time. I know you say it all the time, but it's true. Why is it there are two things everybody loves, money and sex, but they never want to talk about it in church? I don't understand it. Everybody love money. Not me. I'm spiritual. Then go on with your bad self there. You better than I am. <laughs> That's it. You know, everybody wants some. They talk about, you know, uh, money can't buy you happiness. Well, at least let me see if it's really true. <laughs> Amen. Talk about money can't buy you happiness. You just don't know where to shop. <laughs> And so it's a sign of God's blessing. Don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. We're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford. And wouldn't it be fun to uh, test that out at some point? Well, we're going to get back to this message in just a moment. If you're just joining us, we're in a series called Seven Reasons Why God Gave Us Money. And we took a look at the first six reasons, a real quick review as we began today's broadcast. When we come back in just a moment, we're going to look at that seventh reason. So hope you'll stay with us. But certainly one of the things that we can do with the money that God has entrusted to us is to help share the good news of the gospel, to help give towards Christian ministry. And maybe you've been listening to Treasure Truth for some time, and God has used Pastor Ford's teaching to help you get your finances under control or to help you save a marriage, to help you understand a certain passage of Scripture or to understand what it means to actually put a little feet to your self-professed faith, to actually begin to live this faith out. If you're growing and benefiting from listening, we want to ask you to give a gift of support because we do depend on your generosity to keep this program on the station. You can give a gift online by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the donate button. You can give a one-time gift or an ongoing monthly gift. We have one-time expenses and ongoing monthly expenses, so your giving helps us keep this program here on the station. Again, come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the donate button. If you're just joining us, we're in Proverbs chapter 3 as we look at the seventh reason why God gave us money. We've covered six. This is the last one. It's so that we can say thank you to God. 
So somebody said, uh, if you're looking for Thanksgiving in uh, this generation, you have to look in the dictionary to find it. And of course, uh, Romans 1.21 and uh, 1 Timothy 3.2 tells us that uh, part and parcel of the last days will be the fact that people do not demonstrate gratitude. And, uh, you know, if, if for no other reason, we ought to be thanking God uh, that only he and I know all the stuff about me. Aren't you glad it's just between you and God? Amen. Some yes, things. Okay, don't act like you, you don't know what I'm talking about. And so I looked at some things. Like, for example, you got up this morning, and um, you ought to have been grateful to get up this morning because when you pull one foot out, the other foot followed. And, and I just Googled it. 151,600 people went to bed last night but did not get up. 151,600 people died last night. If you got more health than you have illness, uh, then you're better off than the 6 million people who will not survive this week. If you've never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, or the pangs of starvation, then you are better off than 500 million people Thank you, Lord. who are in the world. If you attend church without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, you, or even death, uh, you are better off than 3.1 billion people in the world today. If you got money in your wallet, if you got spare change in a dish anywhere in your house, Amen. that includes Amen. your couch or your chair, Amen. Uh, Amen. then you are in the Amen. top 8% of the world's wealthiest people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's amazing. That puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Yes, sir. Uh, the fact that we need to be grateful uh, for what God has done. I saw that Snoopy cartoon, and uh, Snoopy was Thanksgiving, and he was upset because they brought his dog food out, and he said, look here. He said, Thanksgiving, you think they give me something other than dog food? <laughs> then in the next frame, there's no caption. He's just looking at the dog food. And in the last frame, he says, you know what? I better be grateful for this dog food. I could be the turkey. Man, so we have to learn how to be grateful. And so here's what I want us to see. Andre Cross wrote a song. Listen to the lyrics. Some of you know. How can I say thanks for the things you've done for me? Things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love for me. The voices of a million angels could not express my gratitude. All that I am and ever hope to be, I owe it all to thee. To God be the glory, to God be the glory, to God be the glory for the things he has done. And then he goes on and say it. And so it's his tribute. It's called My Tribute, where he said, I just needed to sing a song uh, that ends in gratitude to God. Yes, so 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I got a long runway because I want to show you a couple things about uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, first of all, and you, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, you already know it. Uh, so Thanksgiving is about talking, Thanksgiving is about telling, and Thanksgiving has to be tangible. Uh, so in other words, it's spoken, it's shared, and it's seen. 
And so I'm just going to walk through and show you uh, these three things here real quick. Uh, so we have no qualms about it. Uh, and everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Uh, somebody turn to uh, Psalm 35, 18. Somebody else turn to Psalm 71, 15 through 17. Let's do that one first. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. That Jesus expects us to have hearts of gratitude. Luke 17, remember what happened? Uh, ten lepers, and he healed all ten lepers. And uh, how many came back to say thank you? Only one leper came back to say thank you. And Jesus said, where are the nine? Did I not heal ten? Where are the nine? And so here they are. They go to Jesus, and they're looking for a miracle. And Jesus says, will you walk by faith and not by sight? Go show yourself to the priest. And you remember, uh, when do you show yourself to the priest? After you're healed. But what did Jesus tell them? Go show yourself to the priest before you were healed. That's the faith that they had to have in him. And so then they walked by faith, not by sight. They were on their way to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went... They were healed of their leprosy. I mean, that's a lesson for all of us. Uh, you know, uh, are you walking in obedience to what he's already revealed? Uh, are you walking by faith and trusting him to do what only he can do? So think about it. They were chasing the miracle at first. Once they believed what Jesus said, the miracle was chasing them. And so he expected them to come back and to express gratitude uh, for what he had done. And they didn't. And the Bible tells us that we ought to do that, that we ought to give thanks to God. Uh, verse 15, uh, he says, my mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of thine only. O God, thou hast taught me from my youth and hitherto have declared thy wondrous works. Yeah, so he's saying, listen, uh, I let everybody know uh, that God is the one who's provided everything that I need, I am giving him the thanksgiving that he deserves. So he says, look, uh, we give thanks to God. We all know that. And we would all say, yes, we come into his presence with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. And so, yes, I do. Uh, so I talk to God and I tell him thanks. Uh, but then these verses tell us that thanksgiving is telling other people about the goodness of yes, God sir. as well. Uh, so then uh, you have, what is Thanksgiving? Uh, thanksgiving is when I tell God how grateful I am for what he's given me. What is Thanksgiving? When I'm telling other people about what God has done in my life and how I'm grateful to God for what he's done for me. I'm sharing that with everybody else. So, so it's speaking, it's sharing, but then I want to show you its scene. This is where we're going to camp out. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is our last one. Paul is writing to the church of Corinth. And in chapters 8 and 9, he's talking about giving. And he's talking about finances. And he's telling them, uh, you know, about the offering that the Macedonian believers gave, uh, that they gave this generous offering. And he begins to, to go through and give them a dissertation on, 
on giving. It's, it's a complete dissertation. He, he wants us to know, look, first of all, uh, we give to God because of our devotion to him. Uh, we love God, and we already talked about that in Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Uh, so it ought to be given out of love, a devotion to God. And then he goes down, he says, listen, uh, but you also need to understand it's your duty uh, to give to God. It's an obligation. And then he gets down at the end in chapter 9, and here's what he says. He says, beginning in verse uh, 9, I'll start at 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the wants of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. While by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. You're listening to Treasured Truth with Pastor Ford and seven reasons why God gave us money. Uh, he just wrapped up by looking at the end of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and really a powerful look at the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church about the Macedonian church. You know, the uh, Corinthian church, they were rich. Corinth was a bustling city and there was a lot of commerce and there was wealth there. And the Corinthian church had wealth. They had a desire to give to Paul's ministry. But then something happened and they didn't fulfill that desire. You can look at you know, 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and 8 and see that. But Paul then writes to them about the Macedonian church and how in their poverty they pleaded with Paul for the opportunity to give to the work of the gospel. He says the Macedonian church, they gave out of their extreme poverty. I mean, these guys were broke. But they pleaded with Paul for the opportunity to give, to be engaged in ministry in that way. That's what Pastor Ford is talking about with the Macedonian mindset. In fact, he's preached an entire series on that. Uh, you can find out more about that by going to treasuredtruthradio.org and searching for the Macedonian mindset. And if you've been benefiting from taking a look at this topic of money and you'd like to hear more of Pastor Ford's teaching on that, you can, again, go to the website and search for God's Pleasure and Your Treasure. So those two series you can check out, The Macedonian Mindset and God's Pleasure and Your Treasure. Just search for those when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. Uh, Pastor Ford does have other content and series related to finances and money management. And if you want to find out more about those, you can uh, reach out and ask us about that by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the contact link. Well, thank you for listening today. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasure Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.